And it's a familiar passage to many of you in your reading of the book of Acts. But it's a little context that I have found that has been in my heart as I have been praying about people and their personal situations that they have been facing. You know, and as a pastor, I want you to know that we as pastors, we don't just pray, just like you don't just pray for us on Sunday. We don't just pray for you when we're here and we're at the altar. But, you know, God lays you on our hearts as we pray in our private devotions. And, uh, you know, there are times that I look out and I think about certain situations that you may be dealing with, and, it, and, it, and I'm moved by it. And I want to see people obtain what Christ died on the cross to, uh, to grant for his children. And certainly it's salvation, but it's everything that salvation provides. There is a measure of salvation that will be reserved for us in eternity, things of which that it's hard for us to contemplate. But as Joe said earlier, thy will be done in earth. Come on, as it is in heaven, that God, through Christ, the, the victory of the cross afforded us great rights and re- privileges and benefits. You know, the psalmist said that we have benefits that God has given us. So this passage of Scripture is going to demonstrate how um, some of this, these benefits are released in our lives. It's Acts chapter 16. It's only three verses of Scripture, and I'm going to ask if you'd stand in honor of the reading of Scripture. says, and it came to pass, 16th verse, 16th chapter, came to pass. As we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God would show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Now that's a powerful display of the authority of God in delivering this young girl from a demon spirit that we're going to talk about and make, uh, I believe, appropriate application. But it is from this text that I've had a thought in my mind as I was contemplating our own particular plights or situations that we often uh, find ourselves in. in Is there a spirit connected to what I'm dealing with? Is it more than just a difficult day? Is it, just, is it more than an economic downturn? Is it more than just a doctor's report? Come on. Right? We're asking ourselves. And, and, and for, sometimes you ask that question, the, the answer is no. But if the answer is yes in your prayer time and in your discernment, then I'm telling you, you can't medicate it out. Come on, you've got to drive it out. So it's a great question. Is there a spirit behind it? Let's pray. Now, you see where we're going. We've set, we've set the course. The course has been set. Joe's talked about anticipation. I've talked about it. Let's anticipate revelation coming to us through the preaching of the Word of God so that you and I can walk and function in His anointing. And when we find ourselves asking this question, we'll be prepared. Come on. 
when the answer comes forth. Father in heaven, bless the preaching of the word of God. Let nothing distract us from hearing your word today, Father. Let preaching be easy in this house, easily received, but also let us be drawn hastily and quickly to a time of prayer at the altar. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Thank you for your reverence before the Lord. As we go today for just a moment of time, I've got a couple of questions to drop in your spirit to cause you to contemplate the familiarity of our subject matter before we go and begin to discuss it. And that is, do you believe in your own personal theology in spirits or demons or devils, depending upon the particular word that you use to define what we are speaking of, spirits, demons, or devils that abide in the spirit world? Do you believe in those? That in another dimension, I believe in the spirit world today, just being honest with you, I believe that there is a spirit world beyond the natural realm, beyond the physical. It's not necessarily tangible. At times, it can manifest itself into our physical world. You can't see into the spirit world by means of a telescope. You can't even get the Hubble scope and shine into the atmosphere and find and see it takes illumination by the Spirit. Come on, the Holy Spirit has to bring revelation to us. And that's why even in our academic universities, many of the things that we are talking about are dismissed as myth mythology to them because they can't see what you and I see because they don't have the discernment of the Holy Spirit. This particular text for just a moment of time before we go further as we see the Apostle Paul in Philippi after having been led by the Spirit there through a vision to go there and minister. The context in this passage is he's gone to a river where many Jewish people would go and pray. Paul's missionary journey usually led him to either a synagogue or to a place where Jewish people gathered that he could then share first to the Jew and to, then to the Gentiles. Here, a woman by the name of Lydia has been converted. She's turned her heart to Christ. She's opened her home up to allow Paul's missionary team to abide in while they are in the city there of Philippi. She's been baptized in water, and she is journeying with them back and forth to prayer. And they go to prayer perhaps at a certain time of the day, and that perhaps coinciding with prayer that is made in the temple in Jerusalem. As they begin to make this journey daily from her house to prayer, they must pass by something in the marketplace. In the marketplace, there is a band of a particular uh, group of people that are following types of superstitions and, and religions and those things, and there is a girl there that they are using as a fortune teller. And the master, she's a slave girl. The masters, through their people come to her. She predicts their future, whether it be through cards or through looking or a palm reading or whatever. She's a soothsayer, a fortune teller. And, and so they then are, in essence, prostituting her in that moment. And they are getting gain, financial gain from her ability to see into people's lives. And so as they are making their journey to the, to the river for prayer, this girl, maybe she's got somebody's hand in hers and she's reading their future when all of a sudden this band of followers uh, that are, you know, going with Lydia and Paul making their way to the river and she sees them and she says something. She says, these are the servants 
Maybe she goes over. I don't know how estranged of a moment it was. Maybe she stood on a box and she cried out. The Bible doesn't say. But she begins to say, these are the servants of the Most High God. These are the servants of the Most High God which show unto us the way of salvation. We're going to talk about that because it's a truthful statement that she made. That's how deceptive the enemy is. She does this day after day. It doesn't tell us how long, but it says many days. And after many days, the apostle Paul arrives at a place where he is grieved. He's arrived at a conclusion that this is more than just someone who is commending them for their faith in Jehovah God. This is more than just someone that is affirming their belief system. But there is something not right, that there is a spirit, come on somebody, a spirit behind it, behind what she's saying. And so the scripture says, Paul being grieved, turned. He doesn't speak to the owners of the, of the young slave girl. He doesn't speak to the slave girl, but he speaks through the slave girl to the entity that has caused the whole issue, and that is an evil spirit. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come. I love it. I just like to say it. In the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out and she was marvelously delivered. And so today we're kind of just wrapping our mind around it because we're at the reality that there is another dimension that according to the scriptures, there are forces that are capable of bringing destruction, bringing bondage, wrecking havoc, seduction, sickness, and yes, some sicknesses can be at the root cause, a demonic spirit, distress, death, and hindering the work of God. And all that I've just shared with you is based entirely upon the record of Scripture in the New Testament. While Scripture does teach the activity of unseen, uh, the unseen demonic world, let me say this. It is also, we know it as a kingdom of darkness. That's how Jesus kind of referred to it. If Satan and his kingdom, he referred to it as a kingdom of darkness. Not everything bad can or should be blamed on the devil. Let me go ahead and establish that principle immediately in the context of, of this sermon. Is that not everything is, should be blamed on the devil because some things we're totally at fault. Some things are results of our own poor decisions. Some harmful things occur as the result of our not only poor decisions, but simply that we live in a fallen physical world. We also live in a world that is filled with drugs. And many drugs, even though they may have satanic influence at the core, sometimes their activity and the, the way that people demonstrate uh, you know, their effects, sometimes it's difficult to discern demonic activity and the result of drug addiction, especially crystal meth. Hello, somebody. And so, so you've got to, that's why these are legitimate questions that we need the gifting of God to help us to realize, are we dealing with a physical matter only? Are we dealing with an emotional issue or are we we dealing with a demonic spirit that's been given place. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? That will not leave no matter how much medication or therapy that you give it until you exercise the right dominion that it responds to. Man, that's good right there. So in this text, Paul has discerned that this young girl is possessed with this spirit of divination and he drives it out. Now, again, oddly enough, that spirit was speaking the truth. They, that spirit was saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. The reality is this, demonic spirits can speak a measure of the truth. To gain your allegiance. That's why uh, so you've got to be very careful. Let me give you an example. Young lady, Mr. So-and-so that's saying everything right, 
to you right now? You better ask godly counsel around you. Come on, somebody. Because sometimes it can be somebody that's being placed there by the work of the enemy to bring you into bondage. And they can say the right thing at the right time, and it's deception. Sometimes they don't even know that they're under the influence of a demonic spirit. I'm telling you, even things like religiously, and we won't get in there today, but the Quran, the Quran speaks highly of Jesus. The Quran speaks about him being a prophet, doing miracles, but the Quran denies that he was the son of God. John, the apostle, said this, if there is a spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh and as the son of God, he said that spirit is antichrist. So when you take the Quran, you've either got the word of Muhammad or you've got the word of John who's got a listening ear to the revelation of the Holy Spirit that's saying, come on somebody, that Jesus is the Son of God. And if you've got the Son, you've got the Father also. But if you don't have the Son, you don't have the Father. It doesn't matter whether you are Islamic or whether you are Jew. doesn't matter whether you're a Buddhist. If you don't have the Son... Because all authority and all access to God's been granted to one person, the man Christ Jesus. There's one God, 1 Timothy 2, there is one God, and it says there is one mediator between God and man. Not many, not a pantheon. We are living in the generation which the spirit of Antichrist is creating in the minds of many in our culture today that there is a pantheon course to God. Many paths, many ways, multiple ways, but that is in direct contradiction to the word of God because the word of God says there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man the man Christ Jesus and if you're going to come to the father this isn't in the notes I just feel like preaching it today if you're going to come to the father you got to come through Christ Amen, through the power of Jesus Christ. And so as Paul is hearing this day after day, I don't know why it took multiple days. We can only presume what Paul was thinking, perhaps. And that maybe it's because sometimes it's difficult to discern. Sometimes it takes a while to contemplate. Sometimes the Holy Spirit doesn't immediately raise the curtain and illuminate to you the, the origin of the issue that you're dealing with. And that should help some of you here today to know that even the Apostle Paul took many days to arrive at the conclusion that what this woman was saying was a result that there was a spirit. And it was a grieving. When I hear the word grieving, I always think about our spirits. Come on, you'll know what I'm talking about. You should because I've taught you about a soul, a spirit, and your fleshly body, your spirit, the real you, the inner you, being grieved, twisted up, hearing it. And it sounds good on the surface level, sounded right on the surface level. These men are the servants of the Most High God. That's true. They're showing the way of salvation. That's true. But on the inside, Paul Come on, everybody else may have heard it and said, yeah, that's right. This girl, she may be about to join the church. But Paul said, something is not right. Took him a while, but the Holy Spirit revealed to him, and eventually he arrived at the conclusion that he needed to exercise the authority of the name of Jesus and drive it out. See, spirits, devils, demons, whatever word, I'm not into the theology of arguing whether or not you, uh, the demons will respond to you if you don't name them, or whether or not that you don't call them a spirit, or if you don't call them a devil or a demon, you won't find the word demon in the King James Version of the Bible. You'll find the word devil 
devil, I'm not into that theology. It's not whether I get their name right. It's whether I get his name right. Come on, somebody. That's what really matters. Did I get that name right? And when it is a spirit and there's revelation given to you by the Holy Spirit that there is a demon, devil, a spirit involved in your plight, your circumstance, your situation. I've said it previously. Let me say it again. You cannot medicate it out. You can't counsel it out. You've got to rise in the authority of God and you've got to demand that it goes in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that to those who will believe, you know what we'll do? We will cast out devils. Come on, somebody. We will pull them down. We will cast down strongholds. If you read this in the original language, in the Greek, the word that is translated spirit of divination in the actual original language is puthon, P-U-T-H-O-N, from which we derive our English equivalent of python. And it was in Greek mythology a serpent slash dragon that many of the Greek gods would deal with. Luke chose that word when he was addressing this situation. You know what a python is. A python, when it gets a hold of its prey, it squeezes the life out of it. When you think about your plight, you think about your situation, is this situation uh, just a challenge? Is it something I'm going through that I can get stronger in, that I can overcome? Or am I facing something that's trying to squeeze the very life out of me? If something's trying to squeeze the very life out of you, you may be dealing more than just a a physical situation you may be dealing with the spirit of python are y'all hearing what i'm saying and you got to deal with it in the spirit in jesus name today you know what i'm thankful for i am thankful for jesus I'm just a born-again Jesus freak this morning. I want you to know today, I love what he did, what he came to do, how he accomplished the will of the Father. He said, I didn't come to do my will, but I come to do his will and to finish this work. I'm thankful that when he came, he illuminated things. He opened to me the word. He illuminated the Old Testament. The Jews were reading it. They knew it. They studied it, but they couldn't understand it in its fullest detail until the spirit of illumination. Why? because he is the light come on he comes sharing the light of revelation his presence in the earth brought the light of the, of the word into the world and when it did it illuminated the activity of evil spirits that had been always present in the earth spiritual entities with the capability of affecting either listen to this through deception or manifestation obtained through possession deception and possession two different things but that possession can then manifest in the physical world that we dwell in listen to what the new testament writers how they describe the devil there's very little said about the devil in the old testament why because they didn't have the holy spirit they had the holy spirit upon them but not within them but when Jesus breathes upon us and said, receive you the Holy Ghost, he said, when he's come, he will guide you into all truth. Come on, somebody. And now we have an ability to understand things. So the writer of the New Testament, they used the term Satan just like they did in the Old Testament. But they also referred to him as the devil or to devils. And they tempt. But not only do they tempt, they seek to get an advantage of us. Come on, the enemy wants to get an advantage over you. The enemy will use devices schemes plans the enemy will transform himself into an angel of light if necessary come on the enemy's intent is to buffet you 
blow after blow like the crashing of the way upon the seashore day after day to buffet you, to wear you away until you get frustrated and give up trusting God. The enemy will buffet you. The enemy will attempt to hinder you. Paul said we were going to come to see you, but Satan hindered us. Satan was trying to hinder even apostolic ministry. The Bible tells us there is a depth of Satan. He said, some of you have not known the depths of Satan, different depths that the enemy functions in. The Bible says that we can be driven of the devil. The enemy can drive us to do things that we would not ordinarily do. You've seen that in people. Why are they doing that? Why are they making? These are so obvious. Why are you continuing to make these wrong choices? Because there must be a, come on somebody, a spirit driving them in that direction. The Bible mentions the wiles of the devil. The scripture speaks of the condemnation of the devil or the snare of the devil. The Bible says that that snare of the devil takes men captive. They become captive to then do his will. The Bible says that the devil, your adversary as a roaring lion, walketh about. Walketh about doing what? Seeking whom he may devour. And so today... I don't want to glorify the devil, but I don't want to pretend that he does not exist. I don't want to glorify demon spirits, but I do not want to pretend that they don't exist. In the Old Testament, spirits or devils were often miscategorized by people, or they were misunderstood because of a lack of the true light. But all spirits oftentimes in the Old Testament were grouped together as mythological forces. Remember, even in the days of Jesus, the Sadducees did not believe in devils. They did not believe in the spirit world, but much of Jesus' ministry. From the time that he sat at Nazareth and he unscrolled the Old Testament uh, scriptures to the place in Isaiah where it said the spirit of a very messianic passage of scripture, he unscrolled it and he read it. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. Come on, somebody, to preach the gospel to heal those that are hurting, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to deliver the captive. What are people taken captive by? Satanic powers to do his bidding. The Spirit of God was upon him. Jesus said, the Spirit of God is upon me to do the will of God. He was rejected at Nazareth. He went down to Capernaum. There at Capernaum is a seaside port city on the Galilean Sea. We get the privilege of visiting the synagogue. The foundation of the synagogue that Jesus spoke in is still there to this day. And while in the midst of a service, in the midst, somebody that would come to church every Sabbath, somebody that would sit on the seat, somebody that they knew, somebody that they understood to be a part of their community, had a demon spirit inside of them and nobody, it was not even known because why was it known? It was hid in darkness. But when the great light of God through Christ came into the scene, then the creatures of darkness scatter. Creatures of darkness then move because this the light has come in. And when Jesus was there, that man began to manifest a de- a, this devil. And Jesus turned and he rebuked the devil and cast it out. And when he did, everybody was with wide-eyed. And they said this, they said, with authority and power. With authority and power, he speaks to the devils. He didn't cast another spell. He didn't have witchcraft. He didn't bring in magicians. He just lifted his voice and said, I command you to come out. And the devil had to go. Come on, somebody. And that led to his fame. And wherever he went, the Bible says he was casting out devils. 
by the power of God. Jesus said it was by the power of God that he casted out devils. It was uh, through the anointing. And you may ask this question before we go much further. And I don't have a lot more, but stay with me. You may ask this question. How did Jesus have the authority and power over devils when he was here in the earth? Let me take you on a little bit of a theological journey for just a moment. Let me remind you that in a garden called Eden, it was there that God gave man dominion. God gave him dominion over the birds of the air, the fowl, uh, come on, somebody, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, the beast of the field. God gave man dominion, but because man sinned through the temptation of Satan, then sin displaced that dominion, allowing Satan, who is the accuser of the brethren, to gain strongholds over men because the devil wants a stronghold over you and your family. But here's the truth about Jesus. Jesus came as the last Adam. Jesus came to undo what happened in that terrible transaction in the garden. Jesus came to regain the keys of dominion that Satan held from the time of that failure. See, Jesus was born without the sin nature. Come on, somebody. That's why he could say, the prince of this world cometh and findeth nothing in me. The prince of this world could come and look for a point of accusation against Jesus to condemn him before the Father, but he couldn't find a place of accusation because he didn't have sin. Come on, somebody. He was not only was sinless in his life he was born without a sin nature because he didn't even have the nature of Adam in him he had the breath of God in him the breath of God breathed into Mary's womb and brought forth the God man Christ Jesus hallelujah and he was then also full of the Holy Spirit my God that's good today the Spirit of God in the Jordan River came upon him and filled him with the power of Almighty God so he then functioned in the original dominion of Adam Filled with the Holy Spirit, he exhibited the power of God over Satan's temptation on the mount called temptation. And when the Bible says he took the word of God, you said, Pastor, how do I have authority over the devil? By the word of God. Because the word of God is the final authority in heaven and in earth and in below the earth. Come on, somebody. The word of God. And when the enemy was tempting Jesus, he said, it is written. And the enemy tempted him on this side. He said, it is written. The enemy tempted him on that side. He said, it is written. And the enemy tempted him on this side. And he said, it is written. You say, how am I going to overcome when you learn to say it? Come on, somebody. It is written. He commanded Satan and the devils to flee. And when he spoke the word of God, they had to flee. They had to flee. And so, as I was contemplating for a brief moment, some always like this side of the debate. Well, what about the origin of devils, the origin of evil spirits? You know, I'm kind of a hillbilly theologian. Maybe one day I'll write my book, Hillbilly Theology, by Parson Brown. But theologians attempt to trace the origin of devils some uh, trace their origin to fallen angels. The fallen angels that's mentioned in Revelation or in Jude that speaks about angels cast out of their first habitation. Others suppose that there is what was called a pre-Adamic race. That's a very difficult doctrine, but there are those that believe that prior to Adam being placed in a garden called Eden, there was an Adamic or a pre-Adamic race of men that was then destroyed at the rebellion of Satan and their disembodied spirits are searching for habitation. That's a very deep theology. I'm not saying yay or nay. 
I'm not necessarily for it, but many people hold to it. Some attribute these demonic spirits to the giants that were referred to in Genesis 6, the offspring of angels who came and cohabitated with men and produced a race of giants in the earth that Genesis 6 refers to. And this is their disembodied spirits. So here's the tr- here's what I wrote. Their origin is debatable, but their activity is discernible. It is discernible. I can't tell you where they came from, but I can tell you where they've been. Come on, somebody. Here's how the Bible defines them. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, spirits of infirmity. Did you hear that right there? I didn't make this up. I'm just reading it to you. In the word of God, there were some sicknesses that the Bible defined as a spirit of infirmity. What about a spirit of divination, our text, or a seducing spirit, or a lying spirit, or oppressed by the spirit, or possessed by an evil spirit? Here's my uh, observation. Often at the core of human tragedy, malady, or even dysfunction. That's why we live in the dysfunctional generation. Many families are dysfunctional. And we blame it on this and we blame it on that. You know what? It could be that a demon spirit has a stronghold in the lineage of the family. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And dysfunction continues because that demon spirit is still lodged in the home, in the relationships. He's never been dealt with. And he will stay as long as you let him to stay, allow him to stay. You and I need the discernment of the spirit of God. There is a gift of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, called the gift of discerning of spirits. It's the most misappropriate or misapplied uh, spiritual gift. People say it all the time, God's given me the spirit of discernment. They'll say that as they judge your life. There is no such thing as the gift of discernment in that context. It is a spiritual gift. It is a discernment of spirits. It is to be able to see in. God opens up. For many days, Paul heard the girl speak. These are the servants of the Most High God. He was grieved. He heard them again and again. But then one day, God raised it up. And he saw not just the girl. He saw a demon. And when he saw a demon, he said, That's a devil that's inside that girl. And I've heard her cry out one time too many. Come out in the name of Jesus. We need that gift in the church today. Some attempt, again, this is just to fill our knowledge. Some, have, some attempt to uh, name local spirits. We're in that spiritual warfare generation where people are trying to name local spirits, territorial spirits, regional spirits, and national spirits. Here's my opinion. I can't say yay or nay concerning any of those things. I'm not talking about a territorial spirit today. I'm talking about your family today. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you, your wife, your children, and your children's children. I'm speaking at the personal level of your life you need the discerning power of the spirit of God to reveal to you if there is a spirit behind what you're dealing with that's what you need in your life today because if there isn't if God shows you by the spirit you're not dealing with a demon spirit that you need to persevere come on you got to suck it up come on God does put us in difficult places at times to grow and to mature, come on somebody, and to display his goodness. You have to show perseverance. But if by the Holy Spirit there is revelation that you're dealing with a spirit, then I want you to be empowered to cast that thing out in Jesus' name. 
You may ask. I'm on the end of my third page, and I'm almost there. You may ask, say, Pastor Brown, how can I have dominion, the same dominion as Jesus? You said he was without sin, and you know you got sin in your life. If any man be in Christ. Oh, a hallelujah. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Come on, somebody, altogether new in the eyes of God. Are you in Christ today? Say, I'm in Christ. Well, then there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So when the accuser of the brethren starts saying, you don't have the right to to do that, you say, excuse me, I have the right. I'm not standing in front of you in my own merit of righteousness in the first place. It's in his righteousness. Come on, somebody. And the authority that I exercise is a dominion that is not in Lee Brown. It's not in First Assembly of God. But the dominion that I exercise when demon, with dealing with devils and demon spirits is in the name of Jesus Christ. So the power and the authority that God has given to us in the church today, it expands into our ability to cast down strongholds. You and I. I don't have the time to develop this thought today, but I just want you to know confidently, based upon the Word of God, you and I have the authority of the name of Jesus. Come on, God gave us the authority of His name. We have the power of the Word of God. Come on. The power of His spoken Word captured here in paper. Now it's the written Word, but it becomes the spoken Word when you speak it. Come on, somebody. You speak out the Word of God and you're filled with God's Holy Spirit. So in essence, I'm telling you, there's no difference in you standing in front of that demon spirit than Jesus because you're in His power, functioning in His anointing and in His righteousness. Now listen, Scripture doesn't tell us, I'm almost finished. You've heard that before. You think I have a lying spirit. Scripture doesn't tell us how this young girl became possessed. The reality is there are various ways that the enemy can get control, get access. Maybe not always possession, but a stronghold. Maybe next week I'll preach about a stronghold. I've been thinking about it since I started preparing this sermon about a stronghold. But perhaps it was idolatry because that was a very idolatrous time. People were worshiping false gods. That gives place to demon spirits. 1 Corinthians 10 said, when you sacrifice to an idol, you're sacrificing to a devil. So people get, give access. How about physical and sexual abuse? Physical and sexual abuse can lead to demon possession. Are y'all hearing me today? What about... ...can bring demon spirits with them. We've dealt with it some in the past. It's very difficult to discern between its presence and the presence of devils. And sometimes I think it overlaps. I believe that the devil comes in through that doorway. But we also even see occultism. And there's a lot of occultism in our culture today. There's a lot of occultism. There are so many numerous ways that the enemy can gain access. He can come in through these addictions, through abuse, through pornography, demonic imagery, Satanic movies, oh, it's getting real quiet in here. You got to be very careful what you're pushing the play button on in your house. Come on, somebody. Satanic games, fortune telling. You don't need to know your future by the hand of some, uh, you know, Madam 900 number that you dial up. God will give you your fortune or your future. Come on, somebody. Get the word of God in your heart. He's got a plan for your life. 
continual verbal and physical abuse. There's so many ways that the enemy wants to gain access to your life. But here's what the Word says to us. Neither give place to the devil. We let him in. I've told you this story in the past. I'm going to give you an addendum to it in a moment. But when I was a young boy uh, raised up here in the Hebrew Springs area, when we lived off of Cooter Neck Road, then turned right on Hidden Valley Drive on the backside of what was then the Roland S. Ranch that later became the Big G Resort. And now I don't know what it's called. It's some type of subdivision down there along the river. But my family and I rented a 60-acre uh, farm, and that's where I got the farming bug, I suppose. I really liked because I had, I had chickens. I got chickens now. I had cows. And I had pigs, but we ate the pigs. So we got to move on. But in that house, I remember the shriek. I was standing in the living room. My mother was going into, on the very back porch, was the, the, uh, the back porch was a closed-in back porch where there was a bathroom and the washer and dryer was the last thing right before you went out the door. And I heard her scream and I got up and I looked just in time to see the last part of the tail the tail that I saw was about that long of a black snake that had come in through you know those uh, the screen doors those wooden screen doors that sometimes could get kind of cocked just a little bit and leave a gap at the bottom well that old six foot chicken snake found access Come on, it found access and it made it. And I can still remember just as it slithered in and slithered up underneath the washing machine. And when it got there, it coiled itself around just like a devil will do. Come on, somebody. If it gets access, it will coil its way around. And we had to take the washing machine out to get the snake out. Are you hearing me? And, and I can still remember that. And it teaches me a spiritual principle. You leave the door open. Come on, if you leave the, 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 the venue, if you leave the way of the means that the enemy can gain access to your life, he will come in. He will come in. You know what you need to do, church family? You need to close the door. You need to close the, the door. And listen, once that devil is dislodged, you got to keep the door closed. Because if you don't keep the door closed, Jesus said when you drive the devil out, he'll go out and tell his buddies that I used to dwell there and somebody drove me out and I want to go back. And if you don't keep the door closed, he'll come back and he'll bring seven other devils with him and it'll be worse in the end than it was in the beginning. Now, I w I've told the story about the chicken snake previously several years ago. Some of you, it's new to, the, uh, to this day. So it's a new story you're hearing for the first time. But I forgot about that later, later, so, Nancy, you need to nudge Papa and say, you better keep our door closed. Later, we had a copperhead get in the house. Now, it's one thing to have a chicken snake in the house. Come on, cause I'm telling you, maybe that happened when I was a young child, so I would be aware that how the spirits, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And when that one was driven out, but the door wasn't closed, a worse thing got in the house. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you, that worst thing will come back in if you don't fill your house with the Word of God. 
If you don't, then I, I get so grieved. That's what happens to people. They come to church. They have a season of sincere response to God. They get, they, they get delivered. They have joy. But then they drift away and they don't stay connected to the live stream of the body. And you look up and years later, things are worse now than they were. Come on, somebody. Because they didn't close the door. I want to encourage you today to close the door. As I bring Aaron back on the platform to close the service through this teaching, let me tell you what I don't want you to become. I don't want you to become a devil hunter. I don't want you to go out and every time you're looking under this and looking under that for the devil. You don't have to look for him. You just turn the light on. He'll show himself if he's there. I don't want you to become devil-centered. Some people are so devil-centered, everything's about the devil. They talk more about devil than they do about God. They talk more about the devil than they do the Holy Spirit. They talk more about the devil. They, they glorify the devil. Bless his holy name. They say, listen, I don't want none of that. The devil's a defeated foe cast down by the authority of Jesus Christ on the cross. I want you to be Christ-centered. I want you to be focused on the redemptive power of the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. I want you to think about the love of God that moved him to hang his son and to place him at the point of penalty. You and I deserved his wrath, but God in his mercy suspended his son between two thieves so that God could offer us mercy and forgiveness. I want you to be so engrossed with that revelation of who Jesus is. Come on, somebody. That then the work of the enemy that you notice, you discern it because of the life of Christ that's on the inside of you. And so though I don't want you to become devil-centered, I don't want you to become ignorant of the devil's devices. I don't want... So it's a fine balance. Come on, you need to find balance because the Bible does say that we do not wrestle with flesh and blood. That's why some of your situation that you may be dealing with. Oh, yeah, I feel the Spirit of God. I brought you through this journey to bring you right here. Something that some of you are dealing with in your life, I felt in my heart that I needed to show you that it's possible. I'm not saying that it's for sure. I'm not saying it's probable. I'm saying you need to start asking the question. That's what today's going to be about. It's going to be about people coming forward saying, I need to ask this question. I need to ask it, God, am I dealing with a spirit? Is this sickness that I've been getting treated for, is there a spirit behind it? Is this trouble that I've been going through with my family, my children, a situation that I'm dealing with, is there a spirit behind it? Come on, church family. Don't you think it's a good question? Paul showed us in the Word of God. Paul showed us that sometimes things can look right on the surface and be wrong below the surface. So here's a, a young girl saying all the right things, speaking the truth, but deep inside she's under the control of an evil spirit. So today I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you through the power of Jesus Christ. I want to remind you, you have power over devils. You do. Those who believe. It's not just held to me. It's not just held to staff and pastors. If you're a child of God, come on, you got the authority. You got the same dominion I do. Right? You got to start learning to exercise it. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? Man, I tell you what, you could just kind of feel things today as we started this service. I'm telling you, there's, there's a little bit of oppression. Why? Because I think an enemy, an enemy's trying to distract you so that you won't receive what I'm sharing with you today. 
and you continue to live allowing that stronghold to abide in your house and you need to exercise dominion over it you don't have to live this way you don't have to live in a continual cycle of dysfunction you can break it in the name of Jesus you can create a whole new order of life for you and your family by exercising the dominion of Jesus Christ you can isn't that what you want to raise your children and your children's children in don't you want to bring your children up in a way where they don't ever put drugs in their body come on somebody don't you, I can't, I mean, you can arrive at that place where the enemy has no place in your life. You can, you can, but you have to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And you have to be willing to exercise authority and dominion. And sometimes it starts with just being honest, sincere, looking at your situation and asking the question, is there a spirit behind it? What I'd like to do today, it is 12-12. I began at 11-28. So that's 44 minutes from start to finish. Now I know it's past the 12 hour and your stomach is saying, well, you know, you need to hurry up and wrap up, Preacher Brown. If you have to leave in grace, I release you. But there are those that you need to come and you need to pray a prayer today. And you need to pray a prayer that says, God, is there a spirit behind what I'm dealing with? I'm not going to promise you the answer is going to come today. And why am I going to not promise you that? The Apostle Paul heard it for many days. It might come today. The Holy Spirit might reveal to you, might show through counsel and confirmation that it's more than just this physical thing you're dealing with. But you're going to start the process of asking God for his help so that you can discern what you're dealing with. Does that make sense today? I'm going to ask everybody to stand up today in the name of Jesus. And if you're here and in your situation in life, your family, what you're going through, your physical condition, as I have preached today, you feel like it's a fair question that you should ask. I'm going to ask these guys, Shane, JoJo, and myself, to pray with you that God's going to show you the answer to your question. Is there a spirit behind it? That's all we're going to do today. We're not going to try to counsel you. We're not going to ask you great depth. We're just going to join our faith. You guys hear me that all we're doing is saying, God, show, show, show to this family, show to these individuals if there's a spirit behind it. Because if there's a spirit behind it, you need to be empowered to deal with it. Come on, somebody. So here today, this is not bow your head, close your eye. No, one. No, this is if you're dealing with a situation in your home, your family, your marriage, your health, your finances, it's a great, it's a great question to ask because there's been a continual plight and you can't seem to get victory over it. And you're saying, what's going on? What am I doing? Medication didn't help it. I put it on. It didn't work. You know, gave this counseling, that didn't work. If there's really a spirit, come down right now and just ask that question. Be bold enough, be courageous enough to just come and just begin to pray. And we're going to come alongside you.